this edition of Thoughts Count Anywhere. I'm Scott Hosey, filling in for Aaron Phillips. On my right, your left is Matt Mullen. What's up? And on my left, your right would be the Chief. Good evening and afternoon and morning and everything else, folks. It is the Chief. Well, we have a special guest on the phone line or video chat line, whichever you'd like to call it, and I will turn it over to these two gentlemen. My friend, family friend, superstar, pro wrestler, Tessa Blanchard. What's up, Tessa? How are you doing today? I am doing good. It is so good to be here, you guys. Glad to hear. We can't wait for UWW next month to have you on there. What are your thoughts on UWW and having like a mainstream all-women's promotion? Listen, I am super, super excited. Um, You know, first, that it's an all-women's promotion. You know, I love seeing women go out there and just kick ass. Um, That's one thing in my career that I've always been like a huge proponent of is seeing the women go out there and blow all the guys out of the water. You know, we're more than the bathroom break. We're more than the popcorn break. And uh, I think that this show, you... WOW is going to be really, really special. It's going to be great. We've been part of UWW since number one, and they always ask me, who should we bring in? Who should we bring in? I was like, Tessa, um, Tessa Blanchard. No doubt. Tessa Blanchard it. and Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. So, Tessa, let me ask you, how's it feel coming into Vegas, going to be in the featured match, two out of three falls? How's it feel? Are you ready? Uh, it feels awesome. I am more than ready. Um, you know, I took like a short hiatus from the ring, but now I'm back. I'm feeling better than ever. My health is great. My body feels amazing. And I'm ready to kill it with one of my closest friends, um, but also someone that I've had a great rivalry with uh, in Miranda Alize. So I, I think it's going to be something really special. But also just to return to Vegas, you know, I've been there a few times with Scott. Um, got to make a few appearances at his shop, which has been nothing short of amazing. And so to return, but on this scale, I think it's going to be something special. Now that you're back in the wrestling world in UWW, they're going to have their first championship matches during the event. Are you going to have your eye on the winner of the USA title match? You know, I've had a few people ask me that already. And... You know, I'm not sure yet. I'm I'm very interested to watch that match. I'm very interested to see who comes out on top. Uh, if you know one thing about my family, one thing about Blanchard's, we always go after the gold. And more often than not, we come out on top. And if my resume speaks for itself, my career speaks for itself, anywhere I go, I go to be the best. I go to be the greatest, not passable, but the best in the world. And I've proven that. Anything anyone ever says about me, they can always follow it up with, but she's one of the best. Truth. Or I told you so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, why did I just see a lot of her dad come through? In that? <laughs> <laughs> knowing, knowing her dad, the, one of the best heels ever, in my opinion. And definitely walk the walk, and he you know, laid it all on the line. But hey, up to 6 p.m., now joining us for our 100th episode are the three gentlemen <laughs> you know we who will be you. part of that. Anyway, but they've been gracious here, here enough to help you us celebrate number 100. To my Miranda right, Taylor Rotunda, formerly known as Bo Dallas. Matt, why don't you introduce who's next to you? 
as an opponent, Micro you have formerly IRS. And how do you plan Chief? on taking her down in your two out I've of three got, fall match? I've got the Hall of Famer, Mr. So Barry So Miranda Alizé is a special competitor. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining who, us in episode number 100. We appreciate it. I think a lot of people it. kind of underestimate so her. I know this can't be the first time you guys are here in Vegas. So I've seen you, what do you love to do when you come to Vegas besides coming to collectible shows? And then I just saw her grow. Uh, I lived in Mexico for about three and a half years, and Miranda, she's go. someone Sorry. who's always taken her training so, so serious. She's taken uh, being the best and cool day. Uh, wanting to go out there and light. be one of the women that is a defining factor in this industry. She takes that serious, and Mainly that's something that her and I have bonded Vegas, on. And, uh, so she decided to move from Houston, Texas to Tijuana, Mexico, time, and train basically. the Lucha Libre right style right for on. a little over Chief, a year. down to you for the next question, sir. took a chance on herself, and went over there, started um, training with the luchadors, and I saw her fail and pick herself I up. I saw what resilience that she uh, has. I saw can you give us a little the toughness that she has, not only physically, but mentally, you know, emotionally, to go into a culture young, shock and just leave and your country, go all by yourself somewhere else to learn their style. Um, that's something that I'll always respect from her. But then she moved back to the States and just seeing her go after Ring of Honor, take over the independent circuit. Late Miranda has defined herself as an absolute match. force and in women's Gary wrestling. So to get to share the ring with her <laughs> in a two out of three falls match, I feel excited about yeah. because if I'm she sure takes Jay me down in the first two falls or in the first fall, at least I got like another chance to come back. <laughs> All right, Matt, how about you, no, sir? That sounds like an answer your father would say. <laughs> Taylor, what I don't are know about like it. I, I'm pretty confident. Like Miranda's good. I I taught her a lot, but um, I, I taught her everything she knows, not not everything I mean, that I know. Of, um, oh, that is definitely <laughs> Dad right there. Oh, oh my God. Oh, when, when he sees this, he's gonna be I such a proud dad. Oh my God. <laughs> that is definitely. Uh, I gotta tell you, I just had a flashback of telling you, baby doll together. Oh my God. With the ever-growing roster of UWW, who else on that roster do you have your eye on? Who would you like to compete against? You know, I took a couple years off wrestling, and during that time, I paid a little bit of attention and saw some really cool women's wrestlers come up. I think it's like such a great time for women's wrestlers. You know, I got to follow up on the conspiracy question. What's the number one conspiracy that you're following right now that you absolutely love? kill it with their um, opponents each and every so match. Many, and they all kind of connect, so there's a few that I've got my eye on. Um, really one of them being Red Velvet. I'm not sure Jillian's. she's been oh, really? at UWW yet, like but right she's now. definitely so, uh, someone that I'd like to share to, the ring with. I go through um, phases where I, I get uh, another into one, one being, and then, like, I just saw her this past weekend, Mila Moore. Another one and uh, I, I wasn't familiar with her at first, but she impressed me in the ring, so I think I'd like to share the ring with her. I didn't know originally when I was looking at it. I'm sure if I spent a little bit more time thinking on it, very cool. I could come Very up cool. with a few Chief, more, back but, to you, sir. But those are those are two that right. are on my list right now. I know you gra I know you graduated. So let me Syracuse. ask you: Was you coming into I UWW you, uh, now? Who would you like to bring what in? Is it like to UWW besides the wrestlers that are already well, there? Finally, I got in the ring. Ooh, that's a tough and one. Beyer, Dick Beyer took me to Germany, and this was after. I don't really talk to too many of, uh, people in the wrestling world. From other than like my my Buffalo, students New here York, in Texas. Uh, oh, so a great would, one. 
Vert Vixen. She's a phenomenal saying, athlete. She is killing it in the weight room. She has taken her diet to a new level. She takes being a professional athlete seriously and professionally, which you don't see at all you're coming to Germany with me. So, so I basically Bert Vixen is definitely one. Weeks. Another one would be morning, uh, Charity King, hotel, Danny B. The um, they're two Texas girls that are up and coming on the independent uh, circuit. And I would love Germany. nothing more than to see them so I would train get in the spotlight and absolutely kill it on the independent circuit. Dick. And then see where their careers um, go from there. But that's just a few off the top of my head. And he got me booked in Germany and went back cool, to the States, a and I stayed rumor there. rumor going around that you have some kind of giveaway to announce well, you regarding you, to WW? To Ooh, Matt, I thought you would never bring it up. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Um, uh, tell Can I get a drum roll? Oh, and everything, but I never... Alrighty, so UWW, I have been talking with the all-women's run promotion, and we have a giant giveaway. Uh, details are going to follow. We still have to iron out a few things, but it is going to be a giveaway on social media through the UWW page. I'll also be posting it on my page. And as my debut happens at UWW, and being that it's in Las Vegas again... What's like we a want road to give the fans a chance to win a box suite <laughs> for the special night. And with this box suite, they're going to get a chance to hang out with myself. I'll be making a trip to their box ones or uh, to enjoy a little bit of the show before I go on and I mean, for Miranda's me, I got um, It's not necessarily <laughs> a road story. But it's kind of a, uh, a funny little uh, <laughs> It's going to be a big giveaway. That, uh, a box seat. Probably the best seats in the house for this show. It's going to be a social media giveaway. So fans, please be on the lookout for this. It's going to be... Uh, but on the just to let the fans know where the event his, is, his it'll kids, be at Mandalay uh, Bay at the House of Blues. I've seen many concerts there. So there is not a bad seat and, uh, in the house, and the, the box seats are phenomenal. Him, so uh, definitely, that is a giveaway that in in everybody night, in the arena, and then if you want to just come to the show, just be part of that giveaway or just be part of the event. Huge card, UWW, Mandalay Bay, the House of Blues. It's a phenomenal venue, and I'm so glad they're there. Mike, how about you, sir? You dumped up three. Well, Matt's road experiences, so anyway. I don't know if I can talk about any of them. <laughs> But I, I do remember one, one time. Uh, final question for myself. And me, Matt, yes, sir. Matt has the last question. So we're with being a third generation wrestler. After a show, is there any Richmond added pressure to live up to the plan? Gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. So you know, I think that this is something that I've discussed with Scott a few times, Virginia, and a, I always have a pretty I mean, similar answer because my thoughts on it don't right really change to too much. Um, so I feel very blessed and grateful to be a Blanchard to carry so on my grandpa and my dad's name, but one thing that was super important to me was I wanted to forge my own path at the same time and make a name for myself. I didn't want to be just... Uh, Tully's daughter or just a third generation wrestler. I wanted to be the best. I didn't want to be good. I wanted to be great. I didn't want to be passable. I wanted to become the best in the world. And if I stopped wrestling and never saw the inside of a wrestling ring tomorrow, I would say that I'm at least in that conversation. And that makes me feel really proud. That makes me feel happy that I've accomplished something. But one thing that's even more important to me was to help the newer wrestlers coming up. Um, we took off. 
some of the girls where Daddy, they are how now, about you, when sir? they were in their beginning stages. Well, let's see. When I we were down in Florida, one that we used went out there and had a great match with anyone, no matter what day. style, if it was and, uh, Japanese or summer, even on a domestic scale, from New York to Texas to the Mideast to the West Coast, or if it is international, like Japanese style to Mexican lucha libre to British strong style. I I was so versatile and well rounded that I could go out there and just have a great match with anyone from Wilson. He I remembers feel like the first training time that he and, met you, and keeping the mindset uh, that I always wanted to be a student. Once I, I learned when you from George South, I wanted to go and learn from my dad. Florida. I wanted to learn from my stepdad. I wanted to learn from Arn. I wanted to learn from Greg Valentine or Tom Pritchard. Just as many people as I could soak up knowledge from so that I could keep that mindset up. I'm always evolving. There's always more to learn. I may be great, but I'm not as great as I can be. And then I wanted to take everything that I could learn and pass that on to the newer generation. There you go. Um, so that's a great question. There is a little bit of added pressure, but... I'm okay, we're going to get ready to go to our first break pressure. so everybody catches our breath. Before we go to that, I do have I a message from one of our sponsors, Anchor Chiropractic, which is located on South Fort Apache, just south of Tropicana, right here in beautiful Las Vegas. is your premier choice to keep your body moving at your best. Whether your health concerns come from suplexes and pile drivers or just simply picking up your kids or working hard at your desk, the team at Anchor Chiropractic can help you reach your full potential. Call 702-778-8664. Don't ever to see how they can best help you, uh, mention this show. <laughs> thoughts count anywhere on your first yeah, call he's a and receive a discount uh, on your initial yeah. examination before the end of and, September. Uh, Terms and conditions do apply. One last time, was, you know, that's Anchor Chiropractic seven zero two seven seven eight eight six. And says, For now, these she's better than I if ever was. If you order firehouse subs online or with You've our never app, told me we'll that yet. He's probably trying to keep my feet subs, on the ground. I love you guys, though. That's absolutely awesome. I always ask the last Unicorn coming October 1st to the 3rd, 2021. Whichever pop culture, comic, toys, games, I feel like this is easy because I should be the true leader of the women's four horsewomen. Absolutely. Well, awesome hands so your that. chance to meet <laughs> out of <laughs> Make sure you meet plans. October 1st to the 3rd, 2021. The Expo at the World Market Center. For more information, visit www.unicon.org. Unicon, fans unite. And complained and complained about. This is John Cena. I just, I just, I just wanted to send you a congratulations on your podcast. Thoughts count anywhere. Because indeed they and do. Thank God Thoughts it's are come to I mean, Vegas. We do without them. And how can they not count you know what? Is there a place thank you that thoughts for becoming don't count? part of it? Now, who is your Mount Rushmore? Well, I just wanted to say thank you very <laughs> well, much. Well, first of all, I feel very proud. Uh, you know, I've been a part of a few women's wrestling promotions before, and just to see one come to Vegas. Um, All right, everybody, welcome back to, to the 100th special. episode of Thoughts Count books, Anywhere, coming to you live from Sunset Station, like a big part of it. Nevada, um, right off the Mount 95 Rushmore. South. Why? This is going to be difficult. Sports card, toys, and collectible um, show featuring three gentlemen we have in our panel here today. I can't take any credit away from, based on my last comment, Charlotte Claire, anywhere. Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Bailey. I think they are all phenomenal competitors. 
I would probably put Charlotte Flair up there with the Mount Rushmore because for, for free admission, I think it's in the back by the bowling there's not alley, many athletes zone, that can compare to her. She's they will be, absolutely phenomenal. I'd also put Natalia up there because be signing, uh, what, was it one to five or one to she four just doesn't crack. Right? She one is four. amazing so through and through, technically sound. She's evolved, and the athlete that she is now compared to the athlete that she was then compared to the athlete that she will be, she really does I gotta put myself up there out of a place of confidence. We're not gonna number these. Um, I, I you have one final one. Like this is going to be tough. Um, May Young. Uh, as you grow up, is involved in. I knew you were going to go as old as possible. <laughs> or shoot, you know, even Mula. Well, thank you. Could even be Mula. Thank you, dear. You know, they saw no, what you I was doing. Want. As small children, <laughs> no, but thank you guys. This is this has literally been awesome. Well, we appreciate uh, it once again, everyone. All over the world, filling in for and the of course, host, it was Aaron Phillips. And, I've got Chief on one side, Matt Mullen, no Scott Hosey. Don't forget, UWW December anyways, and they 9th both, you know, became at Mandalay Bay so, House of Blues. Uh, you Get know, your tickets. It, it's like a guy. Tessa Blanchard's going to be part of a giveaway uh, of a luxury like suite. Watch the matches. Visit you, sign an autograph or two, and you know, take a picture, which is absolutely phenomenal. So UWW. Come December you know, so, 9th, Mandalay um, Bay, House of Blues. It is, you know, With that, I want to let Randy you say goodbye, you can say goodbye, and uh, then I, I get the final A words. lot of the second and third generation <laughs> guys Tessa, picked stuff up much, dear, for quicker because they're around it uh, younger and kind of understand business and, better, and, uh, I think. I can't wait right on, to see right you. Right on. I, it's interesting. Uh, I mean it. Any, any Thank you for coming on, Tessa. Really means a lot. You know, you're my favorite. You said you gave so the good and the bad, but just being you on here is cool as hell. Yeah, well, you, you know, month. when you're a kid, that though, you don't listen to the dissuading part. And definitely, I thank you. Say hello to our listeners. Everyone there, you sisters, hope to see you, and I will when you come out here. December 9th, Mandalay Bay. House of Blues, UWW. Thank you very much, Tessa. Thank you guys so much. This means the world. The original NXT, like the feel of it, like locker room. Did you, did you guys realize it was going to become the thing that it is now? Um, yes and no. I mean, uh, there was definitely something in the air whenever it was initially happened. We moved from FCW, which was run by Steve Kern, and um, and for that to change to NXT and like you could feel it you could literally feel that it was going to be something bigger there was so much of a distance between the main roster and developmental at that point when we were in FCW that when we were moving to Orlando we could feel there was real changes happening right there and like uh, leading into the original um, uh, live uh, um, event the the arrival where uh, I wrestled uh, Neville like we knew going into that night that it was going to be something special. And looking back, uh, still now, it's one of my uh, favorite points in my career. And I knew it was going to be something then. special then. <laughs> What's that? I said they had good taste in champion. <laughs> Go ahead, Chief. You know, I, I feel honored because I've got, I have two gentlemen that I'm sitting next to. And I'm honored to be sitting next to him. And I got to tell you, I'm scared as shit right now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. 
Okay, and, I, and now I'm getting my wife's hugging some other guy I don't even know out there. Okay. Oh my. You're gosh. okay, Chief, as long as we got the camera on. But when it goes dark, right, you're in trouble. I'm in trouble. Okay. <laughs> hey, I want I want to whoever wants to take the question, or if you both do, I want to know how and when one of my favorite tag teams that I got to see over the years the U.S. Express got started because I am I'm honored to be sitting near both of you gentlemen so whoever wants to take the question so um, I, I came back from Germany and uh, worked a little here and there up in Montreal uh, worked a little here and there up in Montreal after I came back from Germany um, and I got booked in North Carolina, so I went down to the Carolinas and I spent a year and a half and uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, Dusty called called um, the Crockins and said, I need a young baby face down here. So they sent me down there and within a short time after that, Dusty teamed Barry and I up as a tag team. And, you know, we would wrestle probably 30-minute matches every night with all the different tag teams that were in the territory seven days a week. So it was a great training experience and got me a quick experience. And then Barry and I, off of that um, meetup in uh, Florida, went to New York to WWE, uh, WWF at the time, and as a tag team and that's where we ended up becoming the u.s express and you know the rest is history going into wrestlemania one is the tag team champions and all that so now was vince running that uh was vince running that uh the wwf then oh or yeah was it still his dad no that was it was vince, vince jr okay you got a memory about it there mr uh, windham well, uh, I met Mike in Toronto, Canada. I guess, I guess it was in between your Japan or yeah. Germany tour and Crockett's, and we hit it off real good. And then uh, I heard he was coming to Florida, and of course we had met, and we were pals, and everything just went from there. It's it's just history now. Yeah. I hear you. I just want to remind everybody that you are watching the 100th episode of Thoughts Count Anywhere. Coming to you live from the Sunset Station Hotel in Henderson. The sports car toys and collectibles are by Powerplay Sports and Scott Hosey and Company. We are here celebrating our 100th episode, and we are honored and privileged to have three guests that will be here signing autographs later today. Barry Windham, Taylor Rotunda, Mike Rotunda, they are here talking with us about their experiences of pro wrestling. And they're looking forward later on to meeting you guys as well. We greatly appreciate having them on with us for our 100th episode. So come on down later today and tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., free admission. We're in the back by the bowling alley, so just park in the back and you walk right into the event. Again, they will be here signing starting at 1 o'clock today and have a great opportunity to meet these three, three gentlemen. Taylor, let me ask you a question about the family lineage because I'm always intrigued by that. The success of Mike and Barry. Did you feel any pressure of you for yourself about a level of success that you wanted to reach that you felt would allow you to make sure you continue on the family lineage successfully? You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Was there pressure on you? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, going into it, especially in the beginning uh, years, like um, 
you got a lot of big shoes to fill and that's how me and my brother both thought of it and uh we carry that with us with everything we did trying to learn and and be as good as we could possibly be but i think it helped in a way of putting uh positive pressure on us to use the lineage and also break out and be our own person like both me and my brother we went down completely different paths and although we respect and love our family lineage we knew that we had to kind of separate ourselves from that in order to make an impact for ourselves to so still create your own identity on top of everything else even though everybody knows the lineage is there yeah yeah makes total sense matt how about you sir you're t you're up i always have the same question for a lot of people just because i'm always curious because know a lot of people start as like wrestling fans before you get into the business whether you're related or not but who's your guys's mount rushmore of wrestling like your guys's top four of all time um for me um i i grew up in like the kind of attitude era like fell in love with all that i mean other than my family i i loved rock stone cold and then going into uh working and, and learning the business from another aspect I, I i really respect and love uh mr perfect's work unbelievable i could watch his matches all day and like just looking into it as a a professional from a professional standpoint like i loved everything he did and this the little things that he made so special like respect unbelievable respect for him nice. mike how about you sir well i kind of learned from the from Dick Byer to take little bits and pieces of a lot of different guys and kind of try to form your own character. Um, so, you know, they like as a babyface, Ricky Steamboat, you know, was a guy that would was an unbelievable babyface. Um, Flair, kind of, you know, he had a different twist on being a heel. I was a big fan of Don Morocco, a big rugged uh, Hawaiian crazy. And he was. He was. Uh, I've been on the road with him, so I know that for a fact. <laughs> so, is that another time for another story? Yeah, that's Very the only well. one we can't talk about. So, uh, But, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of different guys like Jake the Snake. I lived with Jake the Snake when I first went to, to the Carolinas. I, I was, he goes, where are you staying? I said, I don't know. I'm at a hotel. And he goes, well, come on, I got a two-bedroom apartment. You can live there. So I lived with for six months, which was uh, quite an ex experience. He had snakes living in the, in the apartment, and they'd get out and be in the couch in the, in the living room in the springs. You had to flip the couch over to get the snakes out. And so there's just, there was a lot of great workers, you know. And like I said, I, I, I just kind of tried to pick a a little bit from each one and try to form your own style and your own characters so but it was definitely a learning experience barry how about you sir you're mount rushmore well i spent a, my first two years in the business when i was refereeing hall in the ring watching dick murdoch every night so i believe i learned a lot from murdoch but there was also a great crew out there in amarillo and i was with them in the ring every night too so it was you know it, you just got to go into it like a sponge and take as much as you can and learn something every day. Right on. Chief, you're up with a question, sir. What was it like working for the Crockett's? I've I seen you guys in Charleston, South Carolina. 
at the hall. I seen I seen you guys, Charlotte. Seen you in Florida for the Grams. As you said, it was Dusty Booking or Barry, and you said it. So, what was, what were the territories you growing up? Both of you, you worked the territories. What was the difference in the territories, and what do you think uh, coming forward? What do you think today, being that there aren't territories, but there's bigger shows? Do you have some differences? Well, the difference in Florida was is that you were home every night. In the Carolinas, you could be home every night, but it'd be four or five in the morning before you got home because you had 350, 400 mile trips. So it's just, you know, it's uh, the business is cycling back. There's smaller groups working again now. So there's guys out there beating the road now. Mike? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that you, when you're involved at the time, that's how it was. So you would get in the car, you'd drive to the show, work seven days a week, come back. Um, and working for the Crockett's, they basically did North and South Carolina, part, parts of Georgia, and all the way up through, through Virginia. So that was their main territory, and they were also partners at the time. Uh, every once in a while, you would go up to Canada and do a joint show with uh, the Canadian promotion at Maple Leafs Gardens, and that's where Barry had mentioned that we had first met on that show. Was that Stu Hart? No, that Stu no. was on the West Coast. This okay. was uh, the Tunnies. Okay. Jack Tunney? Yeah. So okay. they would do, and actually at the time, WWE would have some guys there, from working on that Toronto show that they did a big Cadillac tournament show. People from NWA uh, with Crockett's promotion and also Canadian promotion up there. So it was like a big show. And, um, you know, like they had Dick Murdoch there, Adonis. I mean, just uh, a bunch of different guys. And so the territory. Yeah. The territories were, you know, a different a different animal it's just like anything you know like you can look at pro football 30 years ago as to what it is today you know and everything kind of goes with the with the time so but it was a great era you know i I think and i think too and you guys correct me if if i'm wrong i think back then there were great storylines people and people today don't realize the history of professional wrestling. I go to shows today and I look, and I, and I remember you fellas. You get up on the ring apron, you wipe your feet off before you get in the ring. Today you go to shows, there's none of that anymore. Right. You know, that to me is the history of professional wrestling. And that's why, and I'll say it, I feel very, very honored to be sitting between both Gentlemen, I have a couple of questions that are in the chat room from our good friend Thomas Burnett. Want to send a shout out to our good friend Brandy. She's in the chat room. Uh, Barrett, this is for you, sir. Uh, when did you find out that you were going to be in the Four Horsemen? Well, it's something we had planned on. We planned on it about six months. We worked on it. And then we 
set up the matches and our promos to go that way. And we kept it a secret too, so that was the big deal. You know, nothing in the dirt sheets or on the internet or anything like that. It was all a surprise. Yeah, the social media was not that that loud when you were performing to no, for the sneaking out. Yeah. What's, then, what's social media? Yeah, exactly. And then, Mike, I have a follow-up question for you from Thomas as well. Uh, what was Vince's pitch to you about the IRS gimmick? How did that conversation come about? Well, uh, right before that, um, Tony Schiavone, I think, came up with the character of Michael Wall Street. And that was a, a hot movie topic at the time, you know, being with Wall Street, what was going on with that. Right. So I started doing that. I did some vignettes and I got some steam. I got um, USA Today put an article in the paper for, with me. I did Inside Edition uh, and some other shows. So, and but the, at the time, Jim Hurd was the in charge with WCW. And I didn't work something out with my contract and didn't re-sign. So I went back up to WWE, WWF at the time, and I don't know who came up with the character, but I think it was kind of spun off of what I was doing at WCW, you know, with the suit and tie. And But it was a different spin being IRS because uh, it got a lot of heat because nobody likes to pay taxes. Right. So, so I got to ask you, it could not have been comfortable to wrestle in a shirt and tie. Well, it was comfortable in the winter because we went all over the place. <laughs> when you're in Alaska and it's uh, you got a suit and uh, shirt and a tie and suspenders in the winter, trust me, you appreciated it. So it was just something I had to get used to. Oh, sure. Just want to remind everybody that you're watching the 100th episode of Thoughts Count Anywhere, coming to you live from Sunset Station. The site of today's sports card, toys, and collectible show hosted by Powerplay Sports and Scott Hosey and Company. The three gentlemen here is helping us celebrate, of course. Barry Windham, Taylor Rotunda, Mike Rotunda, and they will be here signing autographs later on. Today and tomorrow is the event from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free admission in the back right in front of the Strike Zone Bowling Center here. Come on down. 1 p.m. These gentlemen will start with their signing session uh, for those who come down and... Uh, You'll listen, great opportunity to meet these gentlemen, to have your uh, stuff signed, and, and an opportunity to say hello to these, these icons of pro wrestling. When you hear the word icon, what does that mean to you? I mean, gentlemen, icon, you know, is, is such a, a strange word that a lot of people can use, but you guys are icons. The family is an icon in wrestling. What does that mean to you in terms of legacy? Um, I mean, I've never been or... Uh associate myself with as being an icon but i guess looking really uh thinking about the lineage and and the legacy that the the family all together has made like it's iconic in itself and uh love and respect to everybody in my family and it's unbelievable that we've done as much as we have as a family and the more people ask questions and like talk about it, I realize, wow, it's. I mean, <laughs> I'm still thinking of myself as a kid starting wrestling. You know, like it's weird to be at this point. You know, like not that I'm done by any means, sure. but like to look back at the the legacy that uh, my uncle, my father, my grandfather, and right. then me and my brother. I right. mean, who knows what's next? Like, right. it's it's just awesome, and it's 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 wonderful to look back at. Right on, right on, Mike. How about you? I mean, let's face it, you. You started the, the you're part of that lineage and the icon well, status of the family. I think I think the good part about us is we don't look at it like that, which some people do if they're in this situation. 
this is such a, a busy lifestyle and while you're doing it you're so busy you don't think about something like that so i don't think we've ever any of us have ever thought about that part of it so if people think that then that's fine we appreciate it but it's not part of our thought pattern barry how about you sir i mean you're with your background in history being icon in the industry well i never thought of myself or you know being iconic but the story of the family is iconic and it'll continue on right on right on maybe we should make a movie but nobody would believe half of it (laughs) (laughs) Can, can i be in it yeah, you can be in it, Chief. Thank you. It's interesting to bring up a movie. I would love to know who you guys, if, if a movie was made about the family, who would you like to see play your roles in a movie? I would like Rip to play me from um, Yellowstone. Rip from Yellowstone. I like that. Yes, I like That's that. a good one. Barry, how about you? If a, if a movie was made about your life, Barry, who would you like to see star in that role? Well, of course, the Thor guy. What's his name? Liam? <laughs> Not Leo Mann. There you go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> How about you, Bo? Who would you like to see... St- Bo, sorry. Taylor, who would you like to see star as Taylor Rotunda in a movie about you? I mean, uh, I immediately go to uh, Jason Momoa because I get that so often. But, like, honestly, I would like to see Shia LaBeouf. If, he was, if there was going to be a movie made about me, I'd like to see what he does with it and somebody that's going to make it interesting. There you go. Uh, I like Shia LaBeouf. I, that's a, I like that, Andrew. I, I, I like that. One. Hey, before we move on, like, we're, we're just... What's that? I said I like all three answers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to see it in production tomorrow, quite frankly. <laughs> all right. Just a, a reminder from our sponsor, Anchor Chiropractic. They are right here in beautiful Las Vegas. They are your premier choice to keep your body moving at your best. Whether your health concerns come from suplexes and pile drivers, picking up your kids, or simply working at your desk, the team at Anchor Chiropractic can help you reach your full potential. Call today at 702-778-8664 to see how they can best help you. Mention this show on your first call and receive a discount on your initial examination before the end of September. Terms and conditions will apply. One last time, that's Anchor Chiropractic, 702-778-8664. A couple more messages from our sponsors, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. If you order Firehouse Subs online or with our app, we'll have those delicious... Melty subs, boxed, bagged, and ready to pick up with Rapid Rescue to go. Firehouse subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Unicon coming October 1st to the 3rd, 2021. Las Vegas, and you're ready for three days of pop culture, comic, toys, games, food trucks, and sports. Unicon features a huge vendor floor, awesome panels, and your chance to meet incredible guest celebrities. Make sure you make plans October 1st to the 3rd, 2021. The Expo at the World Market Center. For more information, visit www.unicon.org. Unicon, fandoms united. All right, welcome back. Thoughts Count Anywhere, episode number 100. Aaron Phillips, Matt Mullen, the chief down on the end. And of course, we're honored to have as our guests as part of our 100th episode. Barry Rotunda, Taylor Rotunda, and I'm sorry, Barry Windham, Mike Rotunda, jeez, Taylor Rotunda. Of course, they'll be here later on as part of the Sports Car Toys, a collectible show from 1 o'clock on, signing autographs here at Sunset Station. 
right in front of the bowling center called the strike zone, which is pretty cool for that baseball analogy there. So we want to thank you all for tuning in. Mr. Uh, Matt, sir. Do you I'm, have... I'm the one that has three quarters half-timers. I know, I know. You and, blow and I that? still have one more show to do and versus pro wrestling later, so I'm just getting warmed up. We're in trouble. I know we are. Matt, you have a question, sir? Yeah, me and Thomas Burnett actually had the same question. Uh, who was your guys' favorite opponents to work with? I mean, for me, um, I think hands down, he's one of my uh, best friends in the industry, uh, and our chemistry in the ring I, I, is unmatched to anybody else I've been in the ring with. I love him. Uh, Adrian Neville, also Pac, um, unbelievable. He's, he's <laughs> I've never seen anybody so athletic and, like, someone that just gets it. And um, putting together, it, it was just unbelievable. Uh, Adrian Neville, for sure. You guys put on an amazing match at that takeover show, Arrival. Thank you, thank you. Taylor, that was good for business. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how about you, sir? Oh, I don't know. I, I, a lot of people ask that question, but if you've re had 4,000 matches or so, you don't remember half of it. But uh, I enjoyed uh, working with Big Boss Man. I had a lot of fun with him. Um, Brad Armstrong was... To me, one of the best, smoothest baby faces you could ever get in the ring with. He could pretty much do anything. So, But there's just, you know, Ricky Steamboat, I, I, I was amazed watching him work, which I never got to work with him. But, um, you know, there's just so many great workers. Barry was a great worker, you know. So it's, it's just so many out there. It's hard to put a pinpoint on that. So, Barry, how about you, sir? Well, guys I always look forward to working with were Flair, uh, Dustin, Steamboat, and anything with the West Texas Rednecks. <laughs> Murdoch. Yeah, Chief, you have a follow-up question, sir. You got another question there you want to throw out there? I got a question. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my question. Or Barry. See, I'm... There goes the 37.5 three-quarters halfheimers back to Chief okay, over there. I'll plead that. Anyway, Barry, back in when you were in WCW, you had a match with a gentleman by the name of the Great Muda. Chief, can you talk louder in the mic? Please? Where you won the championship from him. What was it like for somebody coming from Japan over to the over to the U.S. You wrestling with him, you winning the belt. Can you talk about it a little bit? Well, I'd wrestled Muda probably a couple hundred times. We worked in Florida. We worked in Japan some. So, I mean, he, he came over here to drop the title to me. We had to get it back to the company. And he wasn't necessarily excited about that. And I always thought the match was just a mediocre match. But I've heard people say that it was better than that. But I just, I just didn't feel it. And just kind of went through the motions with it. We got it done. I've got one. Matt or Chief, you have a follow-up there? Talk about oh. the Varsity Club, if you would, sir. Um, <clears throat> the Varsity Club was awesome. How, how it, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the dynamics of it worked, I'll never figure out because we had two college athletes 
you know, characters, and then Kevin the Devil Sullivan. So <laughs> it was kind of a what was an Kevin, odd, oddball mix, but it, it it worked, you know. What was Kevin like to work with? Stiff. <laughs> Always stiff. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it, I mean it. It got heat. We had so much fun doing it, and it, it was a lot of fun actually. Just. It was dangerous because I used to get hurt more from Steiner doing stuff that we were supposed to be working together, and he would kick me, right. and the guy would move, and Steiner would kick me in the neck, and I couldn't move my neck for a month. Ooh. So <laughs> it was like... Was he a stiff worker, too? He was just... Actually, he was pretty green. Okay. So he was... He was just coming into business, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he didn't have a whole ton of experience, but... You know, he, he got over, so, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing the varsity club. It was, it was a, a, because in the past, all the time, anybody ever used, like, college athletes, they were always good guys, baby face, real American, you know, all-American. Right. And we kind of flipped the script where we were, we were the bad guys, so, and talked about, you know, any school in the country, you could cut a promo and if you were going to Georgia, you could say, you know, I went to Syracuse, he went to Michigan, these are real schools, and, you know, and put Georgia down. So when you went to a town, boy, people get, you know, behind their schools and follow. They, we had real good heat, so. And Sullivan added to that, you know, so. That's what it's about. Matt, how about you, sir? I got a question for Taylor. I remember you saying earlier you and your brother took, like, different paths getting to where you are. When you guys first started, you guys were, like, tag team champions back in the day. In the future, would you like to work with your brother again, make, do some kind of tag team, or you want to keep doing your own thing? And Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, neither one of us are against uh, and, and going back to something like that in a different way other than... Bo and Duke, uh, like uh, Rotunda, yeah. like we were in FCW. I mean, that was us starting together, and we had a lot of fun then. But um, there's been several different instances where it almost happened throughout the years, and it just didn't. So um, going forward, yeah, we, I think we both really love that. With your guys' creative minds and the lack of now somebody not telling you guys what to do, I could only imagine like what you guys would do with each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, both being in the position that we're in, it's, it's exciting. And we, we, we live right next to each other right now, so we're talking about different things. And uh, going forward, the sky's the limit because neither one of us are done, and we're, we're diving into a bunch of different uh, stuff. And we're going to make it back to uh, wrestling for sure, and we're not done in the ring. But there's all these other things wanted to do and try and, and make together and now we got the opportunity and it's really exciting awesome chief? i can't wait to see what's next chief could that be uh, a new uh version u.s express possibly version two i don't know if that'll work um <laughs> <laughs> but uh some sort of team uh, i don't think maybe i could pull off the u.s express i, I mean it, I, who knows we're we can change I, up, but uh, I don't know if that fits us necessarily. <laughs> I just thought you, you know, you keep it in the family, you know. Taylor, I, I want to follow up with a question from our chat room from our dear friend Brandy. She would just like to know when can we see Taylor back in action? What do you, have, you know, what's 
Um, I got a lot of things up in the air right now. I'm definitely not done, so uh, you will thing. see me back in action. I can't necessarily tell you exactly when, but um, I'm not done, so you're going to see me soon. Excellent. Mike, another question for you, sir, from the chat room. You when won't did you see me soon. What's that? Oh. <laughs> when did you find out that you were going to win the tag team belts with Ted DiBiase? Oh, I have no clue. It was a blur. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime I mean, before he won them. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't remember where I was yesterday. I mean, that's, that, uh, it was just like, uh, you know, you go, to, you go to work and this is what you're doing. But I have no recollection. It was so long ago. Probably at the count of three is when he knew it. One, two, yeah. three. That's right. <laughs> that's it. All right. I mean, Very good. We want to thank everybody ago. for chiming in with their questions in the chat room. Matt, do you have another question there, sir? just did some shots from the Carolinas. You can go ahead. I'll think of something. All right, Chief, I have one in my head, but Chief, do you have a question? I don't have a question. Okay. Barry. Right right at the moment. Okay, I got everybody covered. Barry, if you did not get into professional wrestling, what would you have liked to have tried in your life for a profession? Did you go to school? I I guess I probably would have played pro ball. For a few years, something. Oh, okay. All right. So still in the sports world. Okay. Mike, how about you, sir? If you did not get into pro wrestling, what career would you like to have tried? I was thinking about getting into, like, uh, FBI. See, I could see that. I could, I could so, see that for you. But, you but know, wrestling came first. <laughs> well, I just happened to meet Dick Byer, you know, and, and um, he spoke at a wrestling banquet. I wasn't even a fan of pro wrestling. And he spoke at our wrestling banquet my last year at Syracuse, and he was a Syracuse alumni, and he came up to me and said, hey, you interested in getting into pro wrestling, kid? And I said, I don't know anything about it. Can you make money? And he goes, I've done okay. (laughs) So so he said, call me when you graduate, which I did, and the rest is history. Right on. Right on. Bo, how about you, sir? If you were not in pro wrestling... What would you like to have done for a career? I think it would uh, definitely be sports-oriented, like, especially uh, initially, like coming out of high school. I thought that's where I was going. Cause, um, what sport? Uh, football. Football. Um, but like, uh, in, in the beginning, like, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler from the start, whether my dad wanted it or not. Like, he, not that he was trying to deter me, but he right. wanted me to go down a certain path before even trying this, and the rule was to uh, get a college degree before we even try sure. it, but then luck had it that like an opportunity arose that I could take, and I, I went down this, but it would definitely be uh, sports-oriented, or uh, I've always liked, even as a kid, making movies, and then uh, that creative aspect of uh, maybe going into production and, and uh, directing, um, I think that's a route I could have possibly taken as well. I can see you doing movies about conspiracies yeah, <laughs> based yeah. on your love for that. Who knows in the future it might, not, it might happen. There you go. Chief, you have a question. We only yeah. have a couple of minutes left, guys. I got a question. Barry, 1970, 1997, 1998, the new Blackjacks, where you tag-teamed with... Justin Bradshaw. Bradshaw and I showed up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And Vince looked at us when we walked in. And he says, why aren't your hair black? Said, what are you talking about? He says, you're new blackjacks right now. Go get your hair done. We went and found a salon, got our hair dyed black. And we didn't have boots or anything. And he didn't put us on TV. He just wanted us to commit to it. <laughs> so that was how we did it. And then from there on... <laughs> the rest is history. 
Mike, I have a, do, you have, do you have another question there, Matt? Because I have a couple in the chat room. I got a question. I've talked to a, quite a few wrestlers, and, like, some of them do it, some of them don't. Do you guys have, like, any of your own memorabilia? Like, do you keep your gear from, like, certain big events or collect your own figures or I stuff mean, like that? Me, um, I, I know a lot of people who do that, and I have uh, a lot of stuff that I, um, I worked in and, and like, it's saved, but I don't necessarily care hold too dear like, uh, the memories for me and like being in the moment that that's what i remember and uh cherish not not actual physical items but i do have uh, a good collection in boxes saved in a, uh, an area that won't get ruined so oh okay do you have any of your like your title belts or no, unfortunately like that? you know um the path we did, we moved so many times over the years from, like, as the kids were growing up with territories and and stuff. I didn't keep a whole bunch of it. Um, I wish I did now because you never know how valuable it is until you don't have it anymore, you know, because people ask about it. Uh, I have some, but not, not a whole lot, you know. Gotcha. So. Gentlemen, one last question. We only have a couple of minutes left of the show. I have memorabilia. <laughs> How about that one? There you go. Right there. There's memorabilia. The other way, Chief. There you go. <laughs> How about that? Wow. That's memorabilia. Gentlemen, real quick as we Hold get on. ready to... Hold uh, on. I got, I got one more memorabilia. How about that one there, Mr. Rotundo? Show it to the camera so you can, they can see what you're showing. Right there. I would say that was a tag team out in Texas. Possibly. Talking to the mic. Chief, Mike, please. I never worked in Texas. It must have been. That's he Scott came, McGee. That's Florida. Yeah, he came to Florida. So, and, and we weren't actually a tag team. I don't know. That's Brian Adidas. Yep. Too. Yeah. It's posed for a photo. Yeah, it must have been just like they tagged us up for a Those show, a couple fail. shows, or a TV, or something. Yeah. All right, real quickly, gentlemen, as we are about wrapping up, Barry, and this for all three of you, Barry, who, what would have been a dream match that you would have liked to have had that you did not get a chance to have with somebody? What would have been a dream match for you? Me and Barry. <laughs> I I never got to work with uh, Savage or Hogan. Or let's see, I worked with Orndorff in a couple of tags. But I guess just Savage or Hogan. Okay, Savage and Hogan. Mike, how about you, sir? Dream match that you would have liked to have had but didn't get a chance. Although with as many matches you have under your belt, that list would probably be pretty small anyway. Yeah, I worked with uh, Savage before and like in a tag match with Hogan. But just uh, I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. You know, I happy who i got to work with and that's good enough for me right on both for you sir as we wrap up um i just going back to what i said earlier about uh after getting into the industry and learning from that uh point of view is i'd have to say uh mr perfect kurt henning uh, i i would have loved to have a match with him but i that's something i always said as well was i i grew up in the attitude area and i loved the rock and i always wanted yeah, to work with the rock and i actually got to fulfill that dream we did a, a um segment in, uh, at a house show in Boston and that was really really cool and uh, a wonderful experience so that was a kind of a dream come true that from a childhood uh, dream coming into, uh, into reality it was really cool you're like taking the rock bottom and uh, wipe the smile off your face yeah yeah <laughs> 
Gentlemen, we're here down at the Sunset Station Hotel in Henderson. Sports Car Talks and Collectibles Show today and tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Admission is free. The gentleman that is so kind to join us today for our 100th episode anywhere. Taylor Rotunda, Barry Windham, Mike Rotunda, they will be here signing at 1 p.m. today. Are they here tomorrow too there, Mr. Scott? Just today, so you better come on down today for 1 o'clock. Gentlemen, it's a great honor. And also coming up on another signing for the Sports Car Talks and Collectibles, Friday, October 22nd and 24th. The good boys, Luke Gallows, Anderson will be here along with Demolition. Le uh, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. admission is free also. That is over at the Boulevard Mall, so mark that on your calendar. Gentlemen, dare I say it's been an honor for us and a, and a humbling opportunity for us to be sitting here with three gentlemen of the industry and an opportunity to be part of our show. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you so much for coming on. Come on, see us today, guys. One o'clock. Come on, on down. down. Yeah, you betcha. All right, Chief, wrap up real quick. Come on down to Sunset Station today, one to four. The gentleman will be signed because the Chief said so. <laughs> Matt, you, sir. Everybody have a good, safe week. Come down to Sunset Station. Check out all the cool memorabilia and meet three legends of the ring. Absolutely. I've been following wrestling since 1976. My first live show was Madison Square Garden. Bob Backlund defeated superstar Billy Graham for the title at that time. And now for someone who's followed the industry for so long, and to be sitting here with individuals like the three gentlemen with us, I can't tell you. Yes, I, I have to admit, I'm a mark right now because I'm sitting with three gentlemen like this. And we thank you again for taking time. And please, continued success for all of you and the entire family. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for joining. I have goosebumps, thank you guys. man. I can't tell you. Thank you very much. All right, with that. Want to thank everybody for watching. Please reshare the feed if you miss anything. But more importantly, come down today, one o'clock. Meet this gentleman on your own. Twelve o'clock. Twin brothers, brothers, Neil Portnoy and I will be back in studio. Kingsley, David Arlov will be our guest in studio. Thank you for watching. With that, have a safe and happy Labor Day. Those of you affected by Ida, hopefully all is well or getting better. Thank you for watching. Be kind to everybody. Why is that? We're all we have from all of us here at Thoughts Count Anywhere. See you next week.
to hear momentarily. He's Eddie Edwards, and we thank him so much for joining us here on TCA. Oh, man, I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Uh, the thunderous ovation. He's stoked. <laughs> the next champ. The next I, love, champ I, mean, I, heard, I, heard, I heard kendo stick, and I'm ready to go. Let's go, brother. <laughs> I'll be there uh, front row next Saturday night. Uh, I'm in your corner, and uh, I'm looking forward to you winning the damn belt. an opportunity like this to kind of to regain that world title for an elusive third time at this point and uh you know going against going against most no slouch there's no denying what he's been capable of ladies lately so i'm looking forward to las vegas i always am so i'll be i will be looking for you front row and maybe you have an, a spare kendo stick just in case we never know what's going to happen just have one maybe if they let you in the building with it that might well <laughs> hey that that might be if he even makes it, man. I hear he's got a <laughs> signing out here next week or something, uh, uh, Sunset Station or something. So I might hit him with a kendo stick out there. Who knows? Now we're talking. I like where we're at. Where I like where we're at. Somewhat of a similar, a lot of people see how I was trying to Hogan, Macho Man, all the, just the whole thing of wrestling when I was younger, really young. I, you know, I just get older in my early teen years. And, uh, I fell out of it. I was playing sports, playing basketball, playing baseball, stuff like that. And then actually my young brothers, imagine that. Actually, he was wrestling at the time, and he got me to watch it one night. And you know, for people, it's a moment or it's one, one, one event that got me. Me, it was. He turned on. I was like, "Wow, this, this is something different. This is something to do." You know, it was it was the atmosphere, it was violence, brutality. It was the showmanship. It was everything combined. Where it's like, okay, I need, to, I need to find out how I can get into this. And how Are a little bit more modern or kind of in, kind of in the middle there. Killer Kowalski's full blown old school. Do you think that kind of gave you a certain oh. advantage? Because we were even talking about that before you came on, how the, that old breed just has a different mindset. Uh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. You know, I can still I, I can still close my eyes. Even just talking about it now, I still get the chills. I can remember walking up the, the creaky old stairs upstairs to, uh, to Walter Kowalski's, you know, School of Professional Wrestling, and it still brings me back. And I remember walking that first day and, you know, Walter sitting down in his chair, which he would he would be every day. You know, at the time I started, he wasn't in the ring per se every day training people. You know, he was out. He was coaching from the outside. Slick Wagner Brown, uh, another local guy from the Boston area, was the head trainer at the time. So Walter would be there watching every day. He was the first one there. He'd be the last one to leave every day. Um, and you know, when you go in there, 
just by by the lessons that he teaches and the things that he shows you, you know that, you know, by the time when he was coming up, it was very different. And he taught us how to protect ourselves. He taught us how to, you know, take care of business if that's what needs to happen when we're in the ring. You never you never know, especially, you know, back in the day, you don't know if somebody might try to take advantage of you. And, you know, he gave us the weapons to kind of help protect ourselves if a moment like that did happen. And just his mentality is, you know, especially compared to today, it was it was very different. I'm and I'm very honored and I'm very happy, you know, at this point in my career that I was able to kind of get in with that old guard where, you know, times have changed and times currently change. But there's moments, you know, every time I go out to the ring or I'm in the back, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that I was able to train with somebody of his caliber. Hey, Eddie, uh, it's Chief. I, I, I have to say to you, I saw you years and years ago when you got your start and i'm going to take you back memory lane new england new england championship wrestling oh yes the uh, the one and only sheldon goldberg yeah, where was that, was that one where was that show was it quincy it was quincy and that's where i got to see you the first time wrestle so i followed your career ever since oh and, thank you and uh what what you have coming up saturday is well deserved uh you were trained by one of the best i got to see killer kowalski many times in madison square garden awesome uh so yeah you are trained old guard brother and yeah uh, man I, yeah. I hear you, and and the one thing I can say, and I'll say it, is when an opponent gets in the ring with you, you know how to take care of them properly, mm-hmm. and you know how to throw a potato if you need to. <laughs> exactly, you know, and and I want, I've always kind of wanted, you know, even from the days of NECW, um, you know, it's kind of where I started working, you know, more often than I did anywhere else, along with my uh one of my best friends my best friend dc dillinger who was who has passed away unfortunately my boy but uh you know from that point even up to this point in my career i've always wanted to be one of those guys when a guy knows that they're going to wrestle me or they know that we have a match i want them to know like all right i'm i'm in for it like i I want them to know like you know it's not going to be unsafe but we're going to go out there we're going to have i want to feel exhausted i want to feel beaten up after the match and that's i mean this Saturday night, that's how it's going to be against Moose. I know that I'm going to be beat up. I know I'm going to be bumped and bruises and possibly bleeding. Who knows? But he'll be doing the same. And that's. I look forward to that motion. I look forward to walking back through the curtain, and it all just it all washes over, and you're like, damn, we went we went to war out there. You know, I I heard Arn Anderson say one time, and I want to ask you, when you come through the curtain. When you come through the curtain, you come out, you got goosebumps. When you go back th- behind the curtain, you know if you had a good match or not by the way the crowd reacted. Do you still oh. do you still feel that way today, brother? Thousand percent. Thousand percent. I I still say, you know, I, I remember Taz said one time in an interview, I think it was after he retired, he said he was standing in the back and, you know, his music was playing and he didn't have those goosebumps, he didn't have butterflies and he knew you know, that was time to, to get away from it. And for me, 
I mean, you know, people try to say they're not nervous and stuff before going out. But I, same thing, I enjoy those butterflies. I want those goosebumps as the music's playing. You're going out there, you go, you give it your all. And then, like you said, you come back through the curtain and you can tell by the atmosphere in the back, the atmosphere, in, you know, out with the people, you could tell if you had a good or not. And you can feel it just in your, in your body. And that adrenaline is still pumping and you can feel it when you walk back through. And it's great when you look over and you see one of your boys or one of your friends or office or whatever, and you kind of give that look like, we did, we did it out there. That was that was one for the books, you know. He's Eddie Edwards, and he's taking on Moose this, live November twentieth at Turning Point from Samstown, Las Vegas. Obviously, Impact doing incredible things there from the Samstown venue, and that's kind of really what brings me to my next question, Eddie. With such a strong influx of talent coming in and out of that promotion, obviously the matchup with Moose is going to be highly promoted. That's a great rivalry, a world title matchup. It's something you could sell a card with, and it's a great main event. But aside from that, is there anyone else in the current landscape that you think you would match up well against? I mean, like you said, the, the great thing about Impact Wrestling right now is it is, in fact, the destination for, for a lot of people. If they, mm-hmm. you know, if they quit or they, they leave another company, Impact Wrestling is now a place that people want to come to, which is a great thing. That's a great – there was a struggle for a while for Impact Wrestling to get to that point. But now right. it's at the point where you never know who's going to come in. You never know who's going to show up. And, you know, in wrestling, it's, uh, you know, there's an old, old saying, tell a telephone, telegram, tell a wrestler. And that's how you find out, informa- that's how you find out information. And it's great to hear through the grapevine of people who've come in and done a couple of shots here and there. And they have nothing but positive things to say about impact wrestling. And that, that is something that I take a whole lot of pride in. Um, as far as the Ross, I mean, turning point, And then we have, you know, we have the two days of TV tapings the following days after that. I mean, the roster right now is so stacked, and obviously, um, with everything that's going on, Josh Alexander, who has a match on Impact this Thursday against Minoru Suzuki, a match that I'm, I can't wait to see. He's the guy that I would love to get in there and go toe to toe with. You know, Trey Miguel, who continues to up his game each and every time he goes out there. We got Willie Mack, Rich Swan, who are doing great things for the tag division, the Good Brothers, of course. There's just so much talent. I feel like one of the best things about Impact is. You know, one night you could be in the opening match, and then the next night you could be in the main event, and there's no disparity. You know, like you're still going to go out there. You're still going to have one of the best cards you're going to see. He's Eddie Edwards talking to us here live on TCA. If you want to join in the conversation, have a question for Eddie, want to share your thoughts with him, go ahead and jump on the phone, 702-329-6947. is the line for callers outside the United States. Chief, you have another question for Eddie? I do. Eddie, if you had a chance of one match of anybody who's ever wrestled, who would you like to wrestle? Uh, you know, that's, that's a very tough question for me, but I, I tend to go for, you know, just off the top of my head and, and around Impact Wrestling and TNA Wrestling, a guy that I never got to have a singles match with, I did get to have a six-man tag with, would be Kurt Angle. Uh, you know, I think he's obviously, obviously one of the best ever. But you know, I don't, I hate to leave people off the list because there's so many guys that I would love to put on that list. You know, and Eddie Guerrero, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. You know, I mean, Sawa. There's just, I could go on and on. There's so, so much, so many guys that I would love to step in the ring with. But Kurt is definitely towards the top of that list. 
I'd like to see you have a match with Killer Kowalski. Myself. Oh, I mean, of I, I mean, I wouldn't have to go toe to toe. I, I know what he's, I know what he's capable of. I don't yeah. want to go through that. The student, the student knows the master well, right? <laughs> yeah. Eddie. Eddie, let me ask you this. You've talked about, obviously, in your start in the business, being able to work with a legend like Killer Kowalski and one day hoping to get work, or you know, I guess you could say a perfect dream-like scenario, getting to work with a legend like Kurt Angle. But in terms of your personal style and how you kind of developed your own craft, was there anybody in particular that you really modeled your game after? You have like a, a Mount Rushmore of faces that you kind of idolized growing up. What really kind of made you separate yourself from the pack? You know, for me, I think, you know, it was definitely a combination of obviously my training at Killer Kowalski's and learning that style. And then I got the opportunity to go over to Japan and train in pro wrestling Noah, where I lived in the dojo and I trained there just as a trainee at that point. And that very much molded who I, who I am as a wrestler, but also who I am as a person. I went over there when I was, you know, 21, 22 years old and I'm over there living in Japan, I'm, you know, I'm the only American there, I'm the only one speaking English, but, you know, the universal language is pro wrestling, and that's what we did, and so at that point, I learned so much from so many great guys over there, I mean, obviously, you have a Misawa, and a, a Kenta Kobashi, and Jun Akiyama, yep. and guys like that, and then it was the newer guard who were trading, you know, us in the ring, like a Marafuji, and, and Kenta, and Kotaro Suzuki, and Ogawa were training, so I feel like, I try to take a little bit from everywhere. You know, I've never wanted to be, you know, some guys get into wrestling and they have, you know, one idol or one person they want to mold themselves after. For me, it was always, I wanted to be able to succeed anywhere I went. And I wanted to be able to succeed in America, you know, with Killer Close's training. I wanted to go to Japan and wrestle that style. I wanted to be able to go to Mexico and wrestle that style. I lived in England for six months to learn that style. So I very much try to make myself a student of the art, you know, to learn my craft and take a little bit from here and here and here. That way I can use it at any point in my career for whatever match I have. You know, I think one of the best tag teams I ever saw in modern times was the American Wolves. Thank you for that. I, I mean, we had great times, great times. And I say this with the utmost respect to you and to Davey. I know Davey started wrestling again. I would hope that I can say to you, Eddie, I'd like to see the American Wolves one more time. You know, and, and the thing is, we, uh, we actually reunited for our first tag match in, you know, four, four years, I believe, a few weeks ago at Wrestling Revolver in Iowa. Um, and we wrestled there, and honestly, it was like, you know, we didn't miss a beat. We get in that ring, and, and the chemistry's there. We look at each other. You know, I know what he's going to do. He knows what I'm going to do, and it's onward from there. Uh, you know, in wrestling, everybody knows you never say never, and that's something that I'd be, more, you know, I'm more than open to, and I, I enjoy tagging with Davey, and I'm, just, I'm happy to see him back uh, in wrestling again. Yes, sir, I agree with you. And I just want to say... Next Saturday night, 7 p.m., Samstown Live, Mr. Eddie Edwards, who we have on with us now, going against the Moose. Or, no, I'm sorry, Moose. My <laughs> apologies, Moose. Either way, his name is N-New is all you're going to hear at the end That's of the That's right, N-New. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. yeah, you know, have you guys have you guys been over to Samstown at all, man? Yeah, recently too. Oh yeah, we were yeah. bound for glory and the TV oh. tapings there. Yeah, and... awesome. Hell yeah, it's a great great setup. We had, I mean, 
I was ecstatic with the crowd that we had there. So I'm I'm looking forward to next week, man. It's going to be fun. I haven't missed a wrestling show in Las Vegas since like 1996. I love it. The consi- <laughs> Matt's consistency's real. Eddie, Hell yes. Hey, Eddie, let me ask you another question. What's it like having your wife as a professional wrestler, and do you bounce ideas off of each other? It's, uh, it's very much a team effort, you know. Uh, when you first signed on with Impact, you know, we obviously there's, there's questions we didn't know, and, and we didn't know how things were going to go because, you know, it's to be with each other 24-7, 365 is a whole it's a whole different level you know it's a whole different ball game where before she signed on with impact you know i would travel she would do independent shows so we would you know we'd have our time apart and that was you know whatever absence makes the heart grow fonder type of thing um so when she signed with impact and we started traveling you know we didn't know how it was going to go but you know honestly it's been great the whole time you know obviously the fact that I have somebody to do it with, we have a partner to travel with. We have somebody somebody else to wake up with me at 4 in the morning to go to the airport and, you know, make these long travel days. It's awesome to have, you know, my my life, my partner of my life with me, uh, you know, all the time. And we de- definitely very much bounce ideas off each other. It's it's a very give and take. And it's uh, it's awesome to see how far she's come in, in her spot and impact and how comfortable she's gotten. And the way she's grown over the past few years, it's amazing to see. And I and I love. It's very much like a security blanket to have her with me. I know she's going to be with me. I know we're going back to the hotel together. I know we're going to be staying together. It, it's a comfortable thing, and I really enjoy that. With all like the big matches you've had in your career through Ring of Honor and everywhere else, you've been champion every single place you've ever gone. Do you keep like your gear from like your biggest matches or do you have like any of your own stuff? I I do have, I try to keep um, like the matches, stuff from the bigger matches. I try to keep my gear and stuff that I wore for it. Or if I, if there was a t-shirt for the event or something like that, I don't have them displayed anywhere. I just have them in, you know, in a storage area that I have. And uh, because I do, I, I really cherish my career and, and there's so many moments that I, that I do like to go back to and think of. And I don't want to, I don't want to be a guy who forgets about my past and where I've come, where I've come from and what I've gone through. So I, I try to keep stuff, just as little reminders. And also I have a daughter. So at some point I could bore her with the details of when I, when and where I wore these, <laughs> these pants or these boots or whatever. Gotcha. You know, one name that just popped into my head that uh, I'm going to take you down memory lane. How about Slick Wagner Brown? That's my man. That, that, is my <laughs> boy. That, was, that, was, that was that was the head trainer at Killer Kowalski's when I was there. He was the head trainer, man. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually going to see him today, ironically. I'm gonna have. I'm happy to see him today at an independent show uh, outside of Boston. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And again, a guy that has meant so much to my career. You know, it meant so much to my career, and he meant so much to independent wrestling. He was very much ahead of his time and one of the bigger names in the indies at the time I came in. He, I got to see him in. Uh, you know, like I said, up in New England Championship Wrestling area. Uh, it was some good wrestling back then, brother. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I owe a lot to him. I really do. I, one of my uh, 
fondest and most painful memories would be when I was in Kowalski's and anytime Wagner came up with a new move, guess who you try it on? You're, you're looking at you're looking at him. Like, hey, you want to try what? Yeah. I, I can't say no. You got it, pal. We got it. I had a question for you, Eddie. You have, like, probably one of the best theme musics in all of wrestling. Did you have, like, a say-so in, like, part of the song? Or how did that come it was, about? You know, it. you never – it took a while, to obviously, to get to that. And I, and I absolutely love love the music that I have now. Um, but it's very much trial and error for sometimes. And, you know, we get the opportunity, uh, I guess, speaking for myself personally, where, you know, they send you a few and you get to kind of pick and choose. And if you have an idea that you want to try to incorporate, um, they'll do their best to do that. But this is one that was, you know, it happened to be laying around and it was like, this, this would be perfect. And, you know, as soon as anybody heard it, I felt, you know, when you listen to the lyrics and the story, it's like, how, how does this somehow sum up my career and my life? I feel it felt like I had a real connection to it, and I think I think people can kind of sense that when your music really you know emotes what you want, what you're feeling, or or how you think when you go out there. Like you know, I'm taking back what's mine. You can't hold me down. I am the fire. Like that's that's kind of the way I, I feel when I go out to the ringer. You know, each and every day of my life, it just you know a happy accident, but also. You know, maybe it was willed to happen. Who knows? Eddie, we'll get you out of here on this. Again, Turning Point coming up November 20th next Saturday at Samstown here in Las Vegas. At Samstown, where we last saw Moose, definitely uh, made some big-time news. And that crowd, because we were all there live, that crowd reacted big time. As someone who knows him so well and as someone who's taking him on with that gold on the line, what does this feel like for you, seeing an opponent that you have a history with now at a a point in his career – to where now he's succeeding has that been kind of gratifying for you to where maybe this is a rival but this is also someone that has kind of come full circle just like you have does that mean extra to you i mean you know it does uh the fact that he he you know he left his, his job in the you know national football league he left you know he left the nfl to become a professional wrestler to chase his dream I mean, that's something that I can relate to. We all get it. We get into wrestling because we want to chase this dream. We want to be the very best. We want to be the world champion. And, I, and I've and i seen Moose struggle and fight and claw his way to get to where he is now and become the world champion. He did whatever he's had to do. He's done everything that's been asked of him to get to this point. And, it, it, you know, it is nice to see, you know, a guy who wanted it so bad. I've seen him go through everything to get here, and he is now the world champion. It is cool to see, and it's also, you know, we do have a very long history as far as, you know, at Impact Wrestling. His, his debut, he came out in a match that I was in, and he beat me up, you know what I mean? Like, there's, right. we have a very storied history. We have the history with me and him and obviously myself and Alicia. And then also just personally, we, we know each other. We, we see each other. We travel together. We have traveled together. Things have changed. Uh, it's a little bit different now, but knowing – I know what he feels like going to this match. I remember what it's like to be the new champion, and you don't want to be that guy who goes down to the record as one of the shortest reigning champions of all time. And that, I mean, that's my goal on Saturday. And I also enjoy the fact that we spoke earlier. I know it's going to be a war. I know that we're both going out there, and we're going to leave it all out there. We're, we're going, we're going to leave it all over Sam's town. I mean, things, things are going to get crazy. I'm, I, you know, I'll do whatever I need to do 
to get that title back. And I know he's going to do whatever he can do to keep it. It's going to be one of those matches where I walk back through the curtain, either ecstatic and beaten up or pretty pissed off and beaten up. One other, either way, I'm going to be beat up and so is he. Eddie, let's close on this. This is going to be the last question from us. Well, actually, I think the last question is that we actually will wrap it up here. That actually, you nailed it right there, Eddie, because we were just going to ask you what your message to Moose was, and you said it all right there. You made it clear this is going to be a war come Saturday. You have a personal history with him. You've admired what he's had to come through in his career to get where he wants.